Welcome to FutureX, the podcast where we look to solve the variable that is the future of Web3. Every week, we'll talk with some of the brightest minds in the blockchain and Web3 space, from top investors to founders and builders, paving the way for a decentralized world. So what is the future of blockchain? What will Web3 look like in 2050? Let's explore together. All right, everyone, welcome to FutureX. Seeing Future's podcast series highlighting some of the brightest minds in Web3. I'm Rachel, your host today for Seeing Futures. So today we are very honored to have our guest here, Micah, co-founder and CEO at WebPussy. Hi, Micah. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, like you have a really interesting career journey from being in like a circular survey. Sorry, I don't really pronounce it well. The performers uh, to a translator and uh, later on, understand that an engineers to Web3 founders. So could you, I mean, tell a little bit about yourself and your journeys and what led you into Web3? Yeah, uh, I can give a brief history of my background. Um, So I was actually born and raised in Tokyo, Japan. Um, I have a Japanese father and American mother, which is kind of flipped from the typical. Um, But my upbringing was both between the US and Japan. And so that's kind of my my childhood background. But I spent a lot of time in Minnesota, of all places. And funny enough, I think um, I have this theory that there's a lot of Minnesota people in crypto, which we can get into later. It's just a personal theory. Um, but yeah, I I ended up learning about crypto in 2014 when I was working for Cirque du Soleil. And it's, um, it, most people can't say it. It's like a French word because uh, Cirque du Soleil is based in Montreal, which is a French-based uh, city in Canada. Uh, but I worked for them for about two years during a leave of absence from Stanford. And then I went back to school. I changed my major. I actually studied AI in undergrad. Uh, funny enough, because that's the new hot topic in the technology space. Uh, but after working for a couple different companies, I worked in the fintech space, I worked in the cybersecurity space, uh, and then most recently I was at Microsoft, uh, and then ended up starting Webacy in 2021. Sure, you mentioned that there's lots of Web3 like pioneers in Minnesota. Why is that? So what's your finding? I don't know what it is, but for some reason, every crypto event I go to, and To clarify, this is not in Minnesota, it's outside, like in New York, it's in San Francisco, it's in Paris, everywhere. Every event I go to, there's at least one person other than me who has a connection to Minnesota. Uh, I I don't know why, but I've been yet to be disproven. So um, it's kind of funny. And it's a funny game I play every time I go to these events. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, you you have uh, I mean, expertise across different areas. And just now you mentioned about AI as well. And so what job you to found WebAsley? Yeah, the, the founding story is quite interesting. So um, I've, I've been into blockchain technology for a really long time. So I've believed in its vision and I've been watching it uh, from the sidelines and from an academic perspective for a while. But uh, prior to starting the company, there were two catalysts for me wanting to start the company. So the first one is quite personal. So I had a cousin who passed away and he was closer to my age and he had a bunch of digital assets that were kind of left unmanaged post death. Uh, And that's something that I was thinking about with, especially with crypto, since there's so much money in the space now and tangible value. Um, And let's say blockchain continues to grow. You're going to have things like your car title 
or your house ownership represented on chain. That's a what's one future we could probably foresee. And so digital asset management uh, during life and after life is something that we're going to have to think about. Uh, and the second thing was that I personally got hacked uh, and it was something that was completely my fault, kind of. Um, it's something I fell for a phishing scam. Uh, and I realized that me with a technical background fell very easily to a hack um, and that that mass adoption was going to have some barriers if we don't improve the user experience of the space, if we don't, and, and if we don't improve the safety of the space. And so I wanted to build tools to improve that. Uh, I wanted to build a future that I wanted to be in. And so that's where Webacy came from. Sure, Webacy offer uh, several very interesting products uh, to now and among, among them, which one uh, do you see attracts uh, most users and which one attract least? Uh, could you give us a briefing of all the products? Absolutely. So the most popular one by far, and it's my personal favorite, is Wallet Watch. So this is our real-time notification and monitoring system. And the reason this product came up was pretty simple. I mean, if you have an on-chain wallet or an account, how do you know what's happening in it? Right? Sometimes you'll check your wallet and you won't realize that there's a new NFT in it. Many times they could be fake airdrops that could potentially be malicious to your wallet if you interact with it. Um, or you don't know when your bot that's interacting with a contract is low on, uh, low on ETH to pay gas fees, or you don't know if uh, someone is taken a position out on your wallet that you weren't expecting. All of these things that are happening on chain, we don't have really good insights into. We don't have the tools. So we built Wallet Watch to be that real-time notification system for your wallet. So anytime something happens, inbound, outbound, royalty payments, airdrops, you're gonna know about it through SMS and email. Uh, and so that's my favorite. It's where most of our users come into the platform. And so that's one really big piece. Um, and then we have two other factors of the platform. So we recently launched uh, a risk engine. So we've been collecting a lot of safety data across the blockchain uh, and we've kind of put it into a data lake and we run our own intelligence on it to be able to bring things up like risk, uh, risk of associated assets, risk of smart contracts you've interacted with, history of the wallet, and even things like approvals that you might have still lingering on your wallet. So this brings a lot of insights into uh, for the user to understand the wallet risk and the risk of everything that they do on chain. It also kind of give you, gives you some behavioral insights. Uh, and then you mentioned uh, what's the least popular. And I think just by the nature of it, um, it is the least popular because for some people, if you don't have a ton of value on chain, you might not even think about it. And so this is the, the crypto will and the panic button. Although most people actually do use it uh, once they enter our ecosystem. And so uh, the panic button, this is a emergency evacuation function if you ever get hacked or you feel like something has happened to your wallet. And so it's a one-click transfer of all of your assets to a fresh, safe wallet. And then the crypto will, as the name suggests, it's a on-chain decentralized way to pass on your assets uh, post-mortem. And so this one is uh, utilized by people that have a lot of assets on-chain, uh, since it's one of the very few solutions out there that don't require seed phrases. And that's one thing that's very special about us is that we're completely non-custodial and we don't touch your seed phrase. We never see your private keys. We don't take custody. So all of your assets can stay in whatever system you choose to use. Sure. Uh, the other interesting product that I found is the crypto wheel. Uh, and uh, um, I think like it intrigues also lots of uh, our colleagues as well. I would love to give a brief intro into it. And, and, and uh, I'm curious about whether there are many people who are actually right now using it right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the crypto will, it's, it's a very, it's something that everyone wants to talk about, because it's a very philosophically interesting conversation, right? Um, and it's funny enough, the first product we ever built as a company, it was kind of the first thing that we built as an MVP to raise money and to prove the concept of what we could do with smart contracts on chain. Uh, and so this product is very much still alive. It's actually had a bit of a facelift because um, Ethereum gas fees are very expensive and we've changed the architecture so that it's much cheaper and more reasonable to build things on chain. Um, and the, the one thing we see is I think that the, the stat is something ridiculous, at least for US adults, but most US adults don't have a will, a traditional will. Uh, which is wild to think about. And it causes all kinds of issues um, after you pass away. Things like um, going to court, your families after, your, you know, it causes family, familial conflict. Uh, and these are things that you could improve. A lot of human systems like this can be improved by putting it on chain. Uh, and that's what we believe at, at least. And so that's what we built. Um, and then we have people using it. We have a couple ape holders using it. It's mostly people who have either something that they really care about, whether that's super high value assets or something that's just um, maybe that they're emotionally connected to oftentimes both, uh, especially with these NFT collections, but it's also tokens too. So if you have a lot of assets and you don't wanna leave your keys with a lawyer or someone that you might not be able to trust, you can do it uh, through the crypto will with Webacy. Uh, I think for both panic button and crypto will, the safety of the assets and the non-custodial features to be very important for everyone. I mean, like, like uh, whoever uses your products you need to be sure that their C-phrases and everything's not with the platform you yourself, right? Uh, would you love to expand a little bit more on how you, uh, I mean, structure your products uh, to ensure the safety of the uh, client's assets? Yeah, absolutely. So I think within this new self-custody world, people didn't realize that a lot of the responsibility gets shifted to you, right? Like we we all want to have the own power over our money and our own bank until we realize that it's a lot more work. And there's a reason why we have centralized banks that handle all of these things for us in the traditional world. Uh, and so that's why tools like ours are going to help improve the experience and invite more people into the space because it makes things easier. And so the panic button, the backup wallet, and the crypto will, these are all built on smart contracts that the user's wallet ends up owning. And so even if you're non-technical, what's happening under the hood is that you're owning the smart contract that belongs to your wallet, your wallet only, Webacy never gets to access to it. Uh, and then you get to set your own rules, you get to set your own uh, assets that are being protected, you get to set which destination wallets they go to, you're fully in control of these things. And it's all written on chain, so it's unchangeable other than the owner, which is you. Uh, and so the, the reason we're kind of uh, pushing for this is that we are, we're seeing a shift to, think, to things like account abstraction or things that are more centralized. Um, and these have their merits and their benefits. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're trusting a third party uh, to be able to manage these things for you. And there are, uh, there are things that you have to consider when you're trusting third party accounts. Uh, and with the WebSC thing, we're more like a, a UI platform for you to be able to utilize the blockchain technology rather than trusting us as a custodian or trusting us as like uh, a account manager on your behalf. Yeah, do you uh, still rely on a third party to help uh, with the transactions like a relayer or other like a centralized server? Uh, so no, we don't actually. So we have a relayer that pays the gas fees. Uh, but this is all decentralized on chain. And so Webacy is not in charge of this. Um, we're able to uh, kind of get away with a decentralized structure of it that's quite robust. Um, you can check out more in the docs if you're interested. It goes quite deep in the technical level, but I'm very proud of the team for designing a structure that's 
um, both decentralized um, and also uh, easy to use and low on gas fees. Great, yeah. Um, uh, WebSC also um, like have attract lots of very notable investors uh, as we're seeing. And as the market right now begin to turn, uh, do you have any advices for the founders who would love to raise uh, funds during this market? Ooh, this is a hot topic. Uh, yeah, so we raised two rounds of funding so far and our uh, seed round was the end of last year. So this is after Terra Luna, this is after FTX, this is after all of the, the rough patches that the space has gone through and it hasn't gotten much easier. Um, if anything, the, the space really slowed down after all of that and then investments are starting to kind of trickle back up but the, the expectations of investors I think are much higher. Uh, but I think that's actually a good thing because it forces founders to build uh, better companies uh, and be more organized in how they're presenting things, have a stronger thesis, have more conviction uh, and build those deeper relationships and build a true product. And so uh, at the end of the day, I think we're going to be grateful uh, for, for it being a little bit harder because um, it's you know, if it's easy, everyone would be doing it. And so it's kind of that situation where if you're in the space, uh, you, you just got to build something truly worth it and then the people will come and the money will come in. Definitely. Also, I mean, like, feel very excited to see another women founders uh, in Web3. Um, as you work across uh, multiple positions and in Web2 and Web3, have you feel the uh, difference uh, in cultures and women's positions in the industries? I mean, I mean compared to Web2 and Web3. Yeah, I was actually so excited to speak with you because there's there's still so few female founders in the space, especially in crypto, but in tech in general. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've worked in a couple different tech related industries and, uh, you know, tech in general has more men. And then especially if you go down to crypto or if you silo into any of these niche uh, verticals within tech, it's it's just more men in general. And that's, you know, long decades of history of reasons why that might be the case. But I do think that it's changing and I'm seeing more and more women in the space and we have people who are um, having like organizations and building community to get more women involved in the space, which is really exciting to see and I'm really happy about. Um, me personally, I, I think um, I'm pretty lucky that I am alive in this era uh, because there's a lot of opportunities just by being a woman, right? And not, not to play that card, but might as well play it if you have it. And so if, like, you know, getting a ticket to an event or being able to connect with somebody or getting an intro somewhere, people are willing to help. And I think people are willing to put that, uh, to open that door for you uh, more now than ever before. And I'm really grateful for that. But yeah, certainly most of the time I'm the only woman in the room, but more and more, um, I'm meeting more women who are doing killer things in the space that I look up to a lot. Yeah, but I mean, in general, uh, do you feel like in Web3 industry, the nature of the working environment industry, uh, do you feel like it offers more opportunity for women uh, or I mean, like, this just needs time uh, for women to speak up and, and make the change? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think that in any like new technology or in any new like explosion of like a new um, economy or a new uh, vertical, that's a perfect timing for women to have their in, right? If you, if you have a bunch of people building something new, um, this is a great time to enter the space. 
and make a name for yourself, but not only make a name for yourself, but make a name for the whole uh, group that you might represent uh, on the greater, greater level. And so it's, um, it's really good timing and I'm seeing a lot of people take advantage of that too. Definitely. Um, so uh, what advices would you give to women who would love to enter into Web3 who are newcomer to the industry? And just do it. I mean, I, I think that the people in the space are super friendly. Um, and if you have an open mind and you want to learn, uh, there are, everyone's that I've met is willing to help. And so uh, I know it can definitely be intimidating. Like when I walk into a room of people I don't know, uh, it's nerve wracking. But as you start to meet people, you start to see those people again. And then you build those relationships. And uh, you can't do that unless you try. And so that's, that's where I got started. Like I wasn't in the crypto space um, before. I started the company too much. And so now I'm going to conferences and seeing a lot of the people that are friendly faces. And so it's just a matter of doing the thing. Sure, definitely. Uh, then looking into the future um, uh, in terms of your own projects, web overseas, uh, uh, what's your roadmap? Uh, what, what exciting products are you planning to offer to the public? Yeah, we have a ton on the roadmap. Uh, I think safety in general needs a lot of help and there's a lot of great companies building in the space. Um, from the media perspective too, I think security and safety, uh, there's a lot of room to talk about positive stories because I think the news loves to talk about, oh, this bridge got drained for a bunch of money or this was a negative story about a crypto product. And so there's a very negative light on the crypto industry from a media perspective. Uh, but I think that more writers and more people who are writing and telling stories in the space are picking up on the companies that are doing good and fighting the good fight and building tools that are making the space safer and uh, more usable and more, uh, you know, uh, consumer friendly, too. Uh, and so we're on that path. And some of our roadmap items just to expand the safety tools that we've already gotten to more people. One is obviously multi-chain. And so we have that coming uh, very soon. Actually, it's um it's pretty much already been announced. It, it kind of got leaked a little bit, but we're going multi-chain, which is gonna be great for the ecosystem and get our tools out there to more people. Um, we're also building a bunch of new innovative products. I've spent a lot of time the past couple of weeks with people that are in research and people that are building uh, and working on really new concepts in the blockchain space. So we're very close to the, to the ground level there. So I'm super excited for what's to come. Sure. In terms of the uh, uh, crypto industry in general, uh, how do you see the uh, macro and the sentiments of the uh, whole industries right now? And uh, is there any like individual sectors that you feel like uh, lots of uh, potentials out there and that we could that could bring some change to the industry? Yeah, I think it's funny because um, a lot of my personal network is actually not in crypto. Right. And so I get the I get the view. I you know a professional network is super crypto heavy and you go to these conferences and everyone's super excited and you're personally excited about the space and it feels like a lot of great energy. And then you and then I go to my personal things and no one cares about crypto or they think crypto's bad or they're afraid of it. And so it's really this dichotomy. I get to see both sides. Me personally, I still have a ton of conviction about the technology and what we're building personally at the company, obviously. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. Um, but it's been a it's been a very long bear market and I've seen the cycles go up and down a couple of times and but I haven't been personally a founder in them and so it feels a little bit different just watching from the sidelines versus being in it uh, and I think it's um 
we're starting to see signs of it picking up. Like regulations has been positive at least this past week. Uh, projects are really uh, exploding within the space. Some of the L2 chains are finally coming to fruition after all these years of building. And so we're seeing a lot of signals of it coming uh, back up. So I'm very uh, optimistic about where the space is gonna be in the next couple of months. Uh, and at the same time, you have, um, you have these companies that have also uh, unfortunately kind of failed within, not failed, but shut down during the bear market too. And so there's, there's both sides that you have to be realistic about. But if you make it through this period, I think we have a lot of um, green and sunshine left on the other side of it. Sure, you talk about some of the other friends, uh, like uh, this nuts, uh, understand crypto uh, in general. I trust that many of your friends are also in the AI area, right? AI was a very hot topic. Uh, uh, it, it, I mean, like it has been a hot topic. I mean, many years ago, although it also went through that circle. And uh, how do you feel like uh, the, the potentials of uh, AI uh, plus blockchain, as lots of our solutions been claiming that they are offering like AI plus blockchains uh, technologies and, and yeah, what's your comments uh, and as an expert in it, in both, right? Yeah, I, I love AI technology. Like I studied it in school, right? Um, but I live in San Francisco, so I really am so close to the heart of all of the, the tech trends. So everyone is talking about AI right now. Even some of the Web3 founders that I first met in 2021, they were working on crypto projects. Now they're working on AI, right? So it's really the season or the flavor of the season over here in San Francisco. And you really see that. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, the intersection of AI and crypto is something that I think is very compatible. Uh, a lot of the concerns people have brought up about AI is about legitimacy, verifiability, authenticity. Because if you create things like deep fakes, so you're creating things that you might not be sure where they came from. Blockchain is a great complement to that, to be able to show history and to be able to prove true ownership or true uh, verification of where something came from. And so that's one big thing. And then from the data perspective, my background's more in machine learning. I think people conflate AI and ML because they're buzzwords, but a lot of the data progress is truly just machine learning, which is just extra applications of data algorithms to set data sets and new use cases. Uh, and so, you know, we we saw OpenAI come out and that was exploding. And then you see things like uh, text written by AI nowadays, and it's still not good enough, right? Human writers are still better. So what I think we're going to see is that humans are going to be more productive and faster and better at things using AI. But I don't think we're at that point where AI is replacing things yet. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's on the horizon. It's kind of like a pendulum swinging back and forth. So you, you believe that, I mean, humans still have an advantage over AI. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> yeah. a good one We're going to be forced to adapt for sure. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, then, I mean, like, as you look through so many projects that are uh, trying to find an intersect between AI and blockchain, is there any projects or any ideas uh, or any applications, user cases that you feel that could have very great potential or um, I mean, even I mean, specific cases would be great, yeah. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, so I'm hearing a lot about projects that are trying to bring real world assets on chain, right? And this is something that's pretty exciting um, because there's a lot of things about the general system, not just in the United States, but globally, because uh, I'm, I'm you know, quite international that you see uh, that could be improved by having code support it. 
Um, I, I think that we're a long way away from doing some of that, but there's some projects that are doing that. Another thing that I'm super excited about is DeFi. And DeFi has been around for a while, but I really do think that DeFi enables people to have access to financial tools that they might not have access to uh, until now, right? Like maybe you had to be a, a working at a hedge fund to be to have access to some wealth growth tools that now you have access to on chain, or uh, you have ways to participate in a new financial economy because it has now been decentralized and now you have free access to it without having to verify uh, your identity. So I think there there are some regula regulatory concerns around this because it is, um, it's kind of a new market that we're entering and we'll see where that lands in two or five years from now. That's another one. And then finally, the last thing I'll mention, uh, I'm not personally too big of a gamer myself, but I know that there's a ton of money in gaming and I know how much gaming impacts the world. Um, I personally used to love gaming uh, when I was a child and I want to get back into it because I know that so many people find uh, joy and meaning and value from it. And I think that the the Web3 gaming ecosystem, where we're, we saw a lot of money go into it, I want to see what comes out. Uh, but I know that the games are starting to come out. So I'm hearing about it more. I'm paying more attention. I think that's someplace I'm really excited about, too. Definitely. Um, and uh, one last question that I do have uh, is about regulations that you mentioned. Uh, I mean, we saw very positive changes, uh, positive uh, results uh, from like um, regulation for the past few weeks. Uh, how do you see uh, the futures of uh, regulation in the upcoming two, three years uh, for blockchains? And do you feel that there's a way for the crypto industries to sort of adapt and uh, uh, work with them, uh, regulators and uh, what the potential solution could be? This is a great topic uh, and it's very timely. Uh, and I, I think it's also very tricky because we we're approaching an election year and I, I don't want to get too political in my analysis of all of this, but um, I think that the, the current uh, leadership within regulatory bodies in the United States is, um, gets a lot of hate um, or gets a lot of uh, attention nowadays because of the decisions that are being made. But like you said, there's been a lot of very positive uh, rulings in the regulatory space for crypto in the past few weeks. We'll see what happens over the election period of 2024, uh, which will be, I think, quite telling and mean a lot for the, um, for the crypto space, right? Because a lot of it's going to be um, fueled by regulation, both around AI and crypto, because AI regulation is now a topic too to talk about. Um, and then not to focus at all on the U.S., we have to also think internationally. I think some somebody said this quote that um, uh, crypto companies should just focus on international and then come back to U.S. in a couple of years when they figure it out. Um, and I think it's a it's a great concept, but it's also super dangerous in that, that way. Yeah, exactly. So we, we have to be here to be fighting the good fight. Right. And then you have a lot of people that are big names in the space, big founders that are doing the work to lobby these uh, politicians to push for better crypto regulation. And so we do have people on both sides of the camp. So the more people that are within the U.S. building and could bring positivity into the space, I think is going to help. Uh, but again, you know, crypto is global. And so I really do love uh, being in the, plugged into both Asia and U.S. Um, for for my, myself personally. Great, sure. Thank you so much for all your insights. Uh, yeah, I hope that WebSea would uh, uh, make great success in the upcoming offerings. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on.
Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Future X podcast. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this episode. 